G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. My father died and then nine years after that my mum died and there was a lot of problems with her will, so much so that I nearly had a breakdown and my psychiatrist said that I either had to leave work or go away for a while or pick out a padded cell. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today we'll hear from someone who is no stranger to seemingly hopeless circumstances, from dealing with the death of her parents, to suicidal thoughts, to developing bowel cancer. Helen Jones-Dyer has had her share of hard times. So how did the Lord help Helen to pull through these difficult situations? We'll find out as she has a chat with Karen Hunt. You have told me that you were born in Newtown. That's like inner Sydney, hey? Can you give us a little bit of an idea, Helen? What was life like those early years and uh, in Newtown and, and then in Marrickville, I believe? What are some fond memories and, and uh, what are maybe, you know, some of the struggles as well, even from those early years? Well, in Newtown, we lived in Abercrombie Street and it had a lane behind it and next door to it was a a place where they kept horses mm-hmm. and I remember going in to play with the horses and there was a lot of children around and in those days we weren't scared to be out in the front and play with one another and stay out of the night time and just because I was only I left there when I was three and it was a, a more of a community than what it is now yeah today we don't seem to be community minded and and want to know one another. It's too much of a hurried time these days. We go to work, we come home, we get tea, we go to bed, that's it. But in when I was growing up, it was all family and community. Then when we moved to Marrickville, I found it was the same thing because when we moved there, the house that we moved into was a bit run down. So Dad started to renovate it. So that's where I learned to do a lot of renovations mm-hmm. and, and fix things up. So I was about three or four when we moved there and it was just a good time. I remember in Marrickville we had bonfire nights, cracker nights. Everybody in the street would put out all their rubbish and, like I mean rubbish, like stuff that was able to be burnt, wood and things like that. We had yeah. this really big bonfire in the middle of the street. Fun. And then we'd have barbecues and sausage sizzles and it was a really good community feeling at the time. And everybody looked after everybody else's mm. children. Mm. So it was fun. So your dad, you mentioned, your mum, what were they doing? What was their thing? Um, dad was uh, an ex-POW from Shangi Prison Camp. Okay. And when he came back from the war, he was, well, as you could imagine, pretty sick. Yeah. Then after a while, the government gave him a job in Sydney City Council. Uh-huh. And that's where he stayed until he retired. And my mum used to work in a factory around the corner called Cork and Seal. Mm-hmm. And my sister and I used to go to Marrickville School. 
and we'd walk to school and come home and sometimes we'd go around to the factory where mum worked and wait for mum to knock off work and come home and in those days like I said it was you could sit outside the factory and play and it was was fun Mm. and we used to play with the old corks that were rejects yeah it was fun as in bottle corks yes like in the wine corks and and bottle tops and things like that it was called cork and seal okay gotcha so you and your sister just the two children yes is she older or younger she's older than me and are you close not really okay what about it in those times in those times yes we were yeah you know as you get older you grow away and things just happen Mm. Mm. okay so growing older there you are um in the streets you've got your bonfires you've got your community happening you're feeling safe you're feeling secure uh what did you enjoy doing what were you good at uh what flicked your switch i like doing craft things yeah i like you know making things like i said my dad taught me how to build things like renovations and all that well i used to play with the little kids up the street because i was the one that had all the childhood diseases, the mumps, the measles and and that. So when the children got sick in the street, I was the one that used to go and play with them because I had already had it. Yes. So I was their little playmate. Yep. Yeah, just helping the children around the place and helping Dad in the house because once my dad started building, he never really stopped. It's just like, just continued all the time. He'd see something like he'd want to put a window in a wall that didn't have a window in it. So out comes the bit of the wall and in goes the window. <laughs> he needed a project by the sound of it. Yes, he did. Keep his mind focused. <laughs> yep. You sound like a, a caring person. So growing up even further, what did you end up pursuing? Like in high school years, beyond high school, what did you focus on? Well, my grandmother was, was sick. She lived in Newtown. So my mum and I, by this time my sister had gotten married and moved on. So that was just mostly, most weekends was spent with my grandmother mm-hmm. looking after her and, and my uncle. So we'd go over there and, and do the housework and then when we got a car, Dad used to go over and get Nana and Stanley and bring them back to our place and they'd have lunch and a shower and, and that at our place. So I guess I started to become a loner. Mm. Did you have any particular aspirations for when you left school? Not really, no. I I wanted really to make things, decorate things. I suppose now would you'd probably call it an events manager. Okay. I like to do all those things. I love doing things with flowers, and that's what I ended up doing in the church in Queensland. Uh-huh. I ended up decorating the church all the time for different events and normal week-to-week church going things Mm -hmm. because the church in Queensland was a really big like a big um the old church not the new one was a like a big warehouse sort of thing yeah and it was really big so I couldn't just do little flowers I had to do really big flowers use a lot of fabrics and things like that and that's something that you enjoyed doing yes I still do great lots of detail and uh, fine motor skills with your hands creating yes and God gave me a lot of ideas when I was sitting in the church, what do you want it to, to be done in the church? Helen, where was your first job and uh, what was your circumstance around that time? My job was 
in Chippendale. That's mm-hmm. in Broadway in Sydney. And it was um, in a warehouse packing cosmetics and things like that. Yeah. And the circumstances then was I used to be bullied at school. Mm. So I left school and my mum said, I can only leave school if I got a job. So I came home on the Friday from school, rang up a few places and started work on Monday. Wow. And how old were you at this time? Fifteen. So I worked there for a couple of years. And then I met Philip, my then husband-to-be. Yeah. I got pregnant. So we got married and then my son was born. We moved to Liverpool. But three weeks before we were to get married, his mum died. So we moved into her house and we looked after his brother and his rest of his sisters were farmed out to different members of the family. Yeah. Then a couple of years after that, my other son was born. My ex-husband was a chip rocker. Life wasn't that easy. He drank a bit. And I ended up getting a job when the boys were... 10 and 12. Uh-huh. I worked for David Jones in MacArthur Square. Mm-hmm. Did you like that? Yes, I did. I worked in China and Glass. It was really good. I could sell the glassware because I used to watch TV and you watch the props that they used on the shows. Yeah. So I used to be able to speak to the people when I was selling the, the China and the Glass or anything else that I sold. Yeah. I said, did you see this on the TV last night on such and such a show? <laughs> and nine times out of ten I sold it. Well done. Yeah. And I imagine your interest in decor um, and, you know, homewares, decorating, craft would have all come into play there. Oh, it sure did. Yeah, you'd have been in your element. do the displays and all that. Yeah. Yeah, and then I moved down to ladies' hosiery, belt and jewellery, things like that. So I used to read magazines on what the hosiery, the people used to wear, the stars and all that. Then I was able to sell it that way as well. Well done. And same as the jewellery. Yes. And the lady I was working with at the time, Paula, her and I ended up winning Amiga watches. Oh. Because we sold so many watches, swatch watches. Nice. I used to have a swatch watch. (laughs) Classic. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Oh, shh. (laughs) (laughs) So how long did you work at David Jones for? 15 years. Okay, and your boys were, what, entering their teenage years, teenagers growing into their young adult years by then? They were, yes. When I left my husband, my oldest son was 18 mm-hmm. and my youngest son was 16. Mm. And my oldest son was working with my ex-husband, yeah. the Jibrocking. My youngest son was still going to school, but then he left school and got a job in a shop for a while until he was able to get a job with his father, Jibrocking. So they're close to their dad? As close as children can be, I suppose, yeah. You're listening to The Story. Today, Helen Jones-Dyer is sharing her life journey with Karen Hunt. Next, we'll hear how difficulties in her life begin to pile up. But God eventually intervenes. We'll find out how when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. 
Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Helen Jones-Dyer chatting to Karen Hunt. Before the break, we heard how Helen and her husband separated and unfortunately, that is just the beginning of a long string of troubles. As we'll hear, she'll soon be facing some of the most difficult challenges in her life. So did you stay in Sydney when you made the decision to to separate from your husband? I stayed in Sydney because I was working in David Jones. Sure. And then the year before I left my husband, my father died. And I realised then that what I was going through wasn't really worth staying. So I left my husband. And then nine years after that, my mum died. And there was a lot of problems with her will, so much so that I nearly had a breakdown. Mm. And my psychiatrist said that I either had to leave work or go away for a while or pick out a padded cell. So three years before this, I'd met a guy on a cruise and he lived in Queensland. So he said, come up and live with him. I said I didn't really love him, but he said, it's okay. It would work on it. So I I was buying a house then. So I left my job of 15 years. Mm. My son moved into my house to pay it off for me. The guy from Queensland came down and packed up all my things that he wanted to take up to Queensland. Yeah. And then seven weeks after I moved in with him, he said it wasn't what he wanted and asked me to move out. Ah. Mm. And I really didn't know anybody in Queensland. So after a couple of months, I decided I was going to kill myself. Mm. So the day that I decided, which was in June, I was pretty drunk. And I, a couple of days before this, I'd read in the newspaper where there was a barbecue for Christians and it was going to be just down the road from me. So I thought I'd go down and, and look at it. And I got there around about maybe 2, 3 o'clock and they normally aren't there by that time. They've usually left, but this day they were still there. So they were talking to me and then one of the ladies needed a lift to church. I was living in Bean Lea at the time and the church was in Kingston. So I took the lady to church from Beanley to Kingston, and that was the Gospel Lighthouse. Yeah, with and David and Francie Williams. David and Francie Williams, uh-huh. praise God. Wow. And as I walked in, I just felt that it was home. And there's a, a young lady that lives with them, her name's Sonia, and she has cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And we became friends really good. And I used to be in the old cult. So when I first moved in, went to the church... I didn't know about talking in tongues or things like that as far as because I'm I'm from a Church of England background and you don't do the things that Pentecostals do. Mm -hmm. So this day when I went to church, these two ladies, they're really big ladies, I sat between the two of them. They've never sat together before that and they've never sat together since that. But I sat between the two of them and when the songs all started, the worship all started and everybody was starting to talk in tongues, I thought it was the Antichrist again and oh, I wanted yeah. to run out of there. Yeah. But I couldn't run out because I couldn't get past these two <laughs> ladies who were in worship. <laughs> so I had to stay and I'm thinking, oh God, I've got to get out of here. <gasps> wow. But um, yes, I, then I was taught about the Holy Spirit and about worship and raising your hands and speaking in tongues. And then Pastor David prayed for me and I received the, the Holy Spirit then I was able to speak in tongues. Then Pastor David, months later, baptised me. And then I started volunteering in the church, helping Francie collate her books that she was writing. Then I was helping out with Above Rubies. And then we moved from that church to 
to the one that's in Duke Street and in the transition of that, that's when I got cancer. Mm. I got bowel cancer. Mm. And, um, Honey, this is a lot of stuff. <laughs> in one little segment of a radio conversation, I mean, you've just packed so much stuff in a number of minutes. A lot of confusion by the sound of it. Yep. Amidst this time, big risk, mm-hmm. uprooting and moving to Queensland. Helen, the Holy Spirit became a new friend, a comforter, something very new and real in your life. Can I ask how old you were at this stage? 40-something. Okay. 40-something sounds good. I was 52 when I got cancer. Okay. So on top of all the family happenings, your own personal struggles and challenges, identity issues, you discover that you're very sick in the stomach. You said it was bowel cancer that was diagnosed? Yes, they didn't diagnose it for about eight to nine months. They just kept on telling me it was irritable bowel syndrome and it was all in my head because I did have a history of emotional problems. Okay. So that's what they put it down to. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I had a little dog at the time and I used to take her for a walk with one of the men up the road. He had a dog. He used to look after my house and we used to go for walks in the morning. I remember one morning I was really sick and I collapsed on the road and he got me back home and we called an ambulance and I went to a hospital and thank God there was a a young intern there who had just finished doing an internship with this particular specialist. And I was telling her what everyone has been telling me. She said, no, I think I know what's wrong with you, but I can't say until we've had some tests done. So they did the tests and they found out that I had bowel cancer. And then I sort of lost it a little bit Mm. and went to the church and got prayed for. And Pastor Francie was praying for me. And she said that God gave her two scripture verses for me. One was John chapter 9, verse 2 and 3. Yeah. And it said... And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Mm. And the second one was John 11, verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I had to hold on to that quite a lot because I was really surprised at some of the Christians that what they used to say to me was, hey, sister, you're going to go home and meet him before I am. And man, there must have been a lot of sin in your life for you to get sick. But God knew this because he gave me these scriptures and this is what pulled me through. Because every time I started to get down, I went back to these scriptures and just kept reading them all the time. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to hear the word of God louder than uh, the words of the people in your midst even, hey? You sure do. Yep, you sure do. So after I had the operation and the removal of the bowel and I started to get really sick and then they didn't realize what it was, then they said it was a sinus, which is sort of like a boil that's inside and this sinus, it's like a boil that's from the inside and comes out. And then it busts open, but it won't close up for a while. For so for six months, I had to have salt baths and and have it packed with, they call it a wick. It's yeah. just like um, gauze, 
so that was very painful for six months and so then I moved back to Sydney because I was getting too depressed and I came back to live with my family and I was with them for about 12 months and the Housing Commission gave me a house under medical reasons and now I'm in Housing Commission and I'm a lot better than what I was but I still have a lot of challenges. Mm. Apparently my bladder and my bowel have fused together and gone down to where my anus used to be. Mm, wow. So I do are you, have... Are you in pain? Is that painful? All the time. Sitting, standing, walking, driving the car. But having said this, God's good because yeah. he keeps me going. Yeah. And I do do volunteer for Christ's Mission Possible. I cook breakfast Monday and Friday morning in Judd's Car Park at 7.30. And on a Wednesday, I serve breakfast in Judd's Car Park at 7 a.m. in Penrith. And we also give out groceries. And on a Tuesday at the Church of the Rock, there's a lot of people, a lot of volunteers, and we give out groceries to anybody who comes in mm. free. Wednesday nights, we serve dinner at St. Mary's Station. Thursday night, we serve dinner at Kingswood Station, and we also give out groceries. Once a month, we also have a dinner at one of the parks. I've forgotten the name. But there's four new shops opening up, as we call them, rock shops. Uh-huh. And that's where you get food, and that's in St Mary's and Cranebrook. And there's a couple more that have opened up too where the community can come and get their groceries for free. Thanks again, hey, to the Gospel Lighthouse in Queensland, to the Church of the Rock in Kingswood, and uh, for all that you're doing with Christ Mission Possible. Well, Helen, thank you so much for unpacking your story with us and uh, for sharing with us this morning. And as you continue in your day today and uh, the rest of the year with your own health and your own family, wish you well. Thank you for your time. Thank you for ringing. <laughs> bye bye. That was Karen Hunt chatting with Helen Jones-Dyer about her life journey. And as we heard, she has had to deal with a lot. Depression, suicidal thoughts and the emotional effects of her bowel cancer. But amazingly, even though she is in pain, she is still serving others with a joyful heart. Her faith in God is still strong and he is helping her get through her daily battles. We pray that the Lord will continue to help her with her difficulties of her current medical condition and that he will continue to help her to face whatever challenges come her way. Well, thanks for joining us for Helen's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I went to a little Bible college for a while and then um, God started to teach me his word there. And then the Lord said to me, I want you to give up your job and uh, you're going to own nothing, but you're going to have everything you need. Um, you're just going to work for me. And after two years of being saved, I hit the road with a couple of suitcases and the message, you know. Kevin Mad Dog Mudford preaches the gospel on the streets of Australia and has done so for many years. But his life did not start off well, and hence the name Mad Dog. He'll share about the hope he eventually found in Jesus next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.